0: Welcome to the MVP Show. We're off to Washington today to chat with our most dangerous MVP yet, Muay Thai boxer, Melissa Hubbard, an author of Mastering Microsoft Teams. She's also a flow expert. Can I ask you to do me a quick favor? If you enjoy this show, please leave a comment on iTunes by going to nz365guy.com forward slash iTunes. Please note the event we discussed, the Microsoft Flow Online Conference, was held last December. So if you want to see the past recordings, etc., from that, just do a quick Google of the Microsoft Flow online conference, and you should be able to find that event. For full show notes, visit nz365guy.com forward slash 63. Now let's get on with the show. The the my- well, welcome to the MVP show. I'm here with Melissa. Melissa, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Excited to be here. There's a bunch of people in the community uh, that might not know who you are. Can you kind of tell us a bit about you and uh, your journey so far into the MVP program?
1: Uh, Sure. So I I guess the short story is uh, my name is Melissa Hubbard, and I am a Microsoft MVP in business applications uh, category. I focus uh, mostly on Microsoft Flow. I was one of the first Flow MVPs in the world, I started using the product very early. Yeah, I'm pretty proud of that, and it's exciting. Um, yeah, so I, I started um, using the product, speaking about the product, blogging about Microsoft Flow uh, pretty early on in its life, and I ended up becoming an MVP. So I speak at a lot of conferences. I uh, try to give as much to the community as I can, as it really helped me in my career as well.
0: So what about family? Uh, do you have a family? Where do you kind of live at the moment? What part of the world are you in?
1: Uh, sure. So I live in the greater Washington, D.C. area. I actually live in the state of Virginia. I'm uh, really only about 11 or 12 miles from Washington, D.C., which can be over an hour in rush hour. Um, yeah, I, I live in a, a small condo in Virginia. It's pretty nice. Um, I live with my Three-year-old daughter and my cat.
0: You, you're you're another cat lover, as it seems that the um, the female MVPs love their cats.
1: <laughs> you know, it's funny. I didn't get my cat too long before I became an MVP. So maybe that was really the last thing I needed before getting the MVP award.
0: Okay, you've heard it here first, people. the The key to becoming an MVP is you got to love cats. That's it. That's it.
1: Yeah, I, okay. no, I never thought Inter- of that. Interesting. But
0: it's true. It must be true. It must be true. So you call yourself an old school millennial. What does that mean?
1: Oh, yeah, so that's funny you asked that. So I am a millennial, but um I am an older millennial, meaning I'm much on the, the older spectrum, barely a millennial, really. And it's it's just funny because of all of the publicity that millennials get. And I just think so much of it is BS and also um I call myself old school millennial. One because I'm an older one, and also just because a lot of the values that um, are attributed with millennials, I just don't feel like I I have. Like I still call people on the phone. <laughs> I don't text while I'm at the table. I kind of slow on the new apps. Like I tried Snapchat and was kind of like. Eh.
0: But but you've you've moved around a lot: Maine, New York, Florida, Nebraska, Virginia. Um, now, so what, what's caused the 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 travels?
1: Well, I guess part of that has been being a millennial, in that um, I went to college in in South Florida. So I was born in born in Maine, um, moved to New York with my family, where my mom's uh, family mostly lives um, in upstate New York, very snowy New York, country New York, not New York City like at all. Um, uh, yeah. So then I went to college in South Florida and it was really, really, really nice experience to um, experience all the different cultures and all the different people. It's such a melting pot in Southern Florida. Uh, so I went to college there and that's actually where I started working. In IT. And then when I finished my master's degree, it was really during the recession and there was not much work at all. Um, it was pretty hard to survive off of my help desk salary. And uh, I ended up moving to Nebraska for a, for my job. Um, it was really one of the only places I could get a job. And I said, you know what, I went and visited, really liked it. Um, then I ended up moving back to DC to do consulting.
0: What do you see kind of the mix of, you know, technology with people? So sometimes, you know, it's easy to get kind of um, bog down if you like in the technology and lose focus of the people that are kind of using what we build and create. How do you kind of create that balance between people and and technology?
1: Uh, so I do feel this is one of the strengths I bring to the table because, um, I one of the things I also put in my my speaker slides sometimes is that I'm an ex angry end user. <laughs> And when I when I say that, it's because um, when I worked in Nebraska, I was working for the state and I was doing child protection and juvenile parole work. And so I really got to experience being that end user that's really not in control of my technology and being pushed a lot of different updates that maybe can't really meet my business needs. And, um, you know, the IT department not paying attention when we're trying to tell them things that we're really struggling with. Um, so I kind of take those memories being that angry end user and just realizing that when you're working with people, they just want it to be easy. So you know, they they don't want to have to make this a second job for themselves, trying to figure out what we're building for them. That's supposedly supposed to be making their life easier. It just needs to be intuitive and, it really is about making things easier. That's why I love Microsoft Flow is or building something to make someone's life easier, work less, do more. That's the motto.
0: Well, that's definitely a millennial thing coming out there, right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so tell me, tell me about, um, tell me about uh, Moi Thai.
1: So, some of my best memories come from uh, participating on a Muay Thai. Fight team. Um, I'm a retired Muay Thai fighter. I would say, but I still do like to train when I have time, which isn't very often, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, so I I did it for about seven years. It's a form of kickboxing. I had two um, amateur fights, one that I won, one that I lost, and it was really cool because I was actually, uh, I had started IT consulting by then, and a whole bunch of people, even my project manager, everyone came up to the Bronx to support me, and it was just so awesome because I won, and um, it was something you have to work really, really hard at, like you really push yourself to an extreme to do an amateur fight. So yeah, it it was a huge life accomplishment to me.
0: So, can you get the shit beaten out of you though?
1: Yeah, you can. You can. You do wear uh headgear, but um
0: Oh, okay. So so you don't get bruised up or bashed up in the in the face or anything uh, like that?
1: No, your face can. You just don't really it's pretty hard to get a concussion with headgear on, but you can get your face punched and stuff. I didn't get really beat up too bad. Um but you can. Yeah. mm
0: uh-huh. Mhm. Is it good for self-defense? It's
1: very good for self-defense. Uh, I really want my daughter to do it when she gets a little bit older. Uh, yeah, it's really a, a street style of fighting in a way, because you can use your elbows, you can use your knees, um, but once it goes to the ground, they stop you and pull you up again.
0: So contrast it with your, uh, your hobby of gardening. <laughs>
1: ways to relax my mind. Sometimes it involves punching people. Other times it involves gardening and growing from seed my beautiful flowers and vegetables that I give to my family.
0: Nice. You find that th- do you find it kind of therapeutic gardening?
1: Yes, very much so. It's really, you know, you get to, I like building things and also watching things grow. I, I like that. You know, you start from from seed and then you have this you know, plant this. You grow life. It's really awesome to to do.
0: Uh, it's so cool, as and I find the same thing. I just love getting out in nature and gardening and um, being out of the city as much as possible. In my case, I, I much prefer that type of lifestyle.
1: Yeah, I do too. I I would live in the country again if I could.
0: I currently live in London, so I don't have that pleasure. But back in New Zealand, I do have a, a bit of land that uh, I will return to one day, which would be nice.
1: Oh, nice.
0: Yeah. So tell us about um, how kind of psychology, uh, criminal justice, what you studied at college, et cetera, plays into kind of your role as a consultant nowadays.
1: Oh, well, yeah. So I guess that is a, I, I meet a lot of people who didn't study computer science in school. So Kind of neat. The MVP MVP program has a really diverse group of people as far as their backgrounds and lifestyles. I was always interested in psychology. I think there's always that piece of, uh, I want to figure out what the heck's wrong with myself, so I'm going to study psychology. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean really just getting, you know, it's very interesting to learn about the mind, to learn about the psyche and um it, i just kind of fell in love with it and i'm like well i'm going to study the thing that interests me the most right now um yeah. then i went on to do a masters in criminal justice my big plan was to go to law school and i got into law school i took the uh, lsat and the um to get into law school and um, put a seat deposit down and i got there and i had such a strong feeling i didn't i didn't start but i i went to um visit and i got such a strong feeling that it was just not my career path i don't know it, it was just something hit me really strongly that just felt wrong and i decided not to go my family was very thrilled with me
0: so as in i that sarcasm i take it they weren't happy <laughs> yes that's a bit of sarcasm yeah i can imagine after you know I, I suppose the whole family was expecting you to go through law school and become um uh, a famous lawyer and then you decided that's not the path for you but it's it's a choice you have to make right
1: yeah and I don't regret it at all because later on I, I worked in I said I did child protection and I did uh, juvenile parole and I became a supervisor and I got to be part of the legal system pretty closely and work really closely with judges and lawyers and I just really realized I that is not the lifestyle I would have liked I and I love working in IT and so I always feel so blessed that I. I did sort of just land in it. You know, there is that piece of luck. And then there also is that opportunistic side of me where I saw an opportunity where I really had something to offer in the IT world. Uh, and I took it and I, I was scared, you know, to move to Washington, D.C. and become a consultant. But I, I did it.
0: What have you found works well for you as a consultant? Like, kind of, if you were to advise other people from a consulting perspective, what are kind of some of the key things that you would say, listen, you need to learn these type of skills? I'm talking about outside of, you know, um, things such as, you know, Power Apps Flows, if you like the technology side of it, kind of what other type of soft skills would you recommend that they they take on board?
1: Oh, great. Yeah. So my... Some of the skills I took from learning in psychology is those people skills. You know, everyone has a background and everyone has a life outside of work and really taking the time to get to know the people you're working with and some of those uh, listening skills and, and also just um, showing empathy to others, um, not jumping to conclusions. Um, so a lot of those like just basic communication skills have come in, such, um, come in so handy for me. Um, I have, I would like to say, a pretty high EQ uh, that sort of comes naturally to me. So I don't consider myself a a developer. I consider myself more of an IT pro um, and project manager. And that's really just helped me in in working with a lot of different types of people. And um, I just really care. I try to care about the people that I'm working with. Um, It makes a big difference.
0: Good. So you've, d- you've done a bit of travel, places like Puerto Rico, South Korea. What's taken you on these kind of um, globe-trotting-type trips?
1: Ah, so um, for Puerto Rico, I went for a SharePoint Saturday event. Uh, I I was part of a diversity and inclusion uh, panel with Heather Newman, who is uh, someone, I, someone I really look up to. She's really involved in the community. Um, she's just at the European SharePoint point conference now um, doing a panel for diversity and inclusion and really trying to push change in our Microsoft community to be more inclusive. Um, So I was there and I spoke on that panel and that was a really amazing experience. I I wrote a book, by the way, um, called uh, Mastering Microsoft Teams. It's an end user guide. And I gave out my book to some of the students there and I I got to meet um, a lot of different people. And it was, you know, it's heartbreaking to hear some of the stories of what uh, happened from the hurricane and things like that. Um, but being there, um, it was about a year later um, since the hurricane and uh, watching the growth and people rebuilding their careers and their lives. And some people took two, uh, spent two hours on a bus coming there for the event um, sat taking notes. It was just really, it was honestly one of the best experiences of my life, um, going to Puerto Rico. And, um, South Korea, I went more for personal nature. I just really wanted to start traveling. Um, and I have a friend that's stationed in the military there. So we went all around visiting palaces and uh, parts of Seoul and smaller cities in South Korea. And it was amazing.
0: So tell us about your your journey of writing that book so M- mastering Microsoft teams um, tell me, do you have a feel for how many hours you invested in that?
1: Oh gosh, I don't even think about it. <laughs> it was a lot um, it was so it's a to me a, a huge accomplishment I never I, you know if you had asked me five years ago would I be writing a book? I just would have probably laughed you know um, it, we started off. Um, with the concept, and at the time, there really wasn't that much out as far as books on Microsoft teams. I still don't think there's too many um and so we started off with a concept, it changed over time, but the amount of hours I'm not even sure, but i you know I have a daughter, so I do my day job and then I would get her in bed, and then I would snuggle up on my couch with my cat, pull out my laptop, and start writing and we worked with a publisher, um, we wrote it through A-Press, and so they have a pretty stringent schedule, and writer's block is not really an option. <laughs>
0: would you do it again?
1: Uh, I'm not sure that I would write another technical book. I might write something a little bit more personal, but I would probably self-publish and do it on my own schedule this time.
0: Isn't <laughs> I self-published my wife's book at the start of this year and um and it was a a journey of our travels and um and dealing with grief and uh self-publishing was a really great experience to um to go through and uh it just kind of gives you that full control of of the output uh, you know that you create
1: yeah for me it was really the schedule my creative times just come in waves I think like most creative people and so I Get a lot of ideas at once and want to put everything down, and then you know I might go a week or sometimes two weeks without. Like it's not that I'm not thinking of the book or coming up with ideas, but just putting it to paper is different. And and being on a schedule for that was pretty stressful, to say the least. Yeah. And, you know, but I have a co-author as well named Matthew Bailey, and we joke like we're we're much we're, we're even better friends now after writing the book together. So
0: did you have you been to MVP Summit yet? Yeah, I did. I went last year. It was really awesome. Yeah. Tell me, what's the, what's, what have you found the best thing about becoming an MVP?
1: So I've always had, you know, the, the SharePoint community since I started consulting and working in SharePoint and office 365, but getting involved in the flow community and being one of the first five, I just feel like I have this like second family now, you know, we're just, yeah. we're, we're constantly in contact with each other. We have group, a group message where, we're always sharing and learning and growing together. So to me, that's my favorite part. I I do consider them my flow family. And now we've got uh, two other women recently added
0: for a while. I was the only woman. So the interesting thing about you uh, being on the podcast here is that, uh, you know, I come from the, um, the side of, uh, you know, a dynamics background um, and, you know, more in the customer relationship side of things. And, with a bunch of people have joined the community with these flow type backgrounds. So yours started, I take it more in the SharePoint environment or office 365.
1: Yes. Yep. In in Washington DC, there's a huge SharePoint and office 365 market, especially with the federal government, you know, being here, most of the offices being here. So that's what I started off doing. Um, And now I've moved into working in flow. Um, I don't do as much with power apps, but I am still learning. Power Apps, but I still um, stay in the Office 365 realm
0: for the most part. Who do you kind of engage with in the product team from from the flow side of things? Who would your key people be in Microsoft?
1: Uh, so my key person is John Levesque. Um, he stays in very close contact with us and keeps us uh, updated on uh, product updates and things like that and then um merwan is another person steven sigliano but the day-to-day um on social media and in our group messaging um is mostly john uh, there uh kent just left he was sort of john's partner in crime and he just i think this week announced he was leaving microsoft so we're all sad about that but um, we'll see. I, hopefully there'll be someone new and, and fun too. Gotcha. So
0: it, it was interesting as you went through that list, I found the, the common crossover. So Steven is the, the main person we would engage with, you know, from our side of things, I suppose to date, um, and the, the flow side of things. And then, um, uh, yeah, there's a couple of MVPs, particularly who jumps to mind is Jerry Weinstock and, um, uh, Eliza are both heavily, um, Uh, getting into flow if you like from the common data services for apps type side of things um i don't know if you've met um eliza from down in melbourne australia but um she she started a video series called wtf and it's uh yeah what the flow so um oh my
1: goodness no i haven't seen that i will have to check that out. out on
0: youtube so now which brings up, um, videos. Are you creating a bunch of stuff on videos? I saw a a tweet post there about your top half being dressed for, uh, for video and, uh, and being casual on the bottom. So uh, (laughs) that made me smile because I've been in the same position. And, uh, so tell us about the video creation side of things.
1: Oh, sure. So yes, I was very excited that the flow, um, Twitter marketing people made a cartoon of me. That was a career highlight right there. <laughs> but yeah so I so I am going to admit I'm very comfortable doing a podcast and I actually checked with your assistant if there would be video because when there is video I kind of have to do my wussas and you know get extra into the uh get into my um uh, tap into my my courage <laughs> and things like that because I don't feel comfortable on video but I I know that so many people learn through video and it's just so important. I'm so I'm still old school, right? I like reading blogs. When I'm learning something new, I like reading and doing it myself. But so many other people like video that I've I've been trying to get better at doing more and more videos. So I do have um video, how-to videos on YouTube, but I've just recently started showing my face on on some of them. <laughs> Yes, and we are doing on December 12th. So Jerry Weinstock, you mentioned, he's part of this as well. Um, On December 12th, we're having an all-day Microsoft Flow online conference that everyone can register for for free. And my session is the very first one. It's called uh, Meet Microsoft Flow. So I was creating my video for that. So I wanted to look extra professional because there's, uh, I think, a couple thousand people signed up. And so that's probably my biggest audience. So be, I mean, okay, I'm gonna wear a suit jacket for that.
0: So wow, well, I mean that's gonna be fun. That's gonna be uh, you know, very good. It is. We're all gonna be on Twitter answering questions
1: the whole day and like that. Super exciting.
0: So I like to wrap up with a couple of what I call in questions or wrap-up questions and one just kinda of suits you perfectly. So it is, who do you think of when I say the word punchable? Oh my goodness.
1: <laughs> Uh, the president of the United States. Who
0: controversial. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I really try not to be political, but, you know, you asked, and there's my That's answer. That's all good.
0: That's all good. Everyone's uh, open to their own opinions. What's that? Uh, <laughs> uh, quick fire. Dogs or cats? We know the answer. Cats. Wine or beer? Wine. Mmm. Snow or beach? Snow. Wow. Okay. Well, hey, it's been good chatting with you, Melissa. I didn't even get onto the fruit you were named after, as in Hubbard. Uh, that was an impressive picture on Twitter. <laughs> is, it, is, it a, is it a squash?
1: Yes, it's a Hubbard squash, which we joke is our family emblem, but it's kind of true.
0: Let me know when you get that tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's been great uh, chatting with you. We'll probably see you at MVP Summit at some point. Um, if people want to find you, follow you online that type of thing kind of where's the best place for them to check you out
1: uh yeah so i have a blog um, melihub.com and i post most of my content on twitter and linkedin i'm pretty easy to find on linkedin and my twitter handle is at melihub so i'm always happy to answer questions and chat you know especially in comments on my blog or on twitter
0: Hey, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave feedback on your favorite podcast app. Full show notes can be found at nz365guide.com forward slash 63. See you next week.